Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Today is Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. Coming up, up a roller mark unfiltered. Donald Trump is parting lying ass Michael Flynn. No shock. A liar. Parton's a liar. President-elect Joe Biden has earned 80 million votes and ballots are still being counted. Also, he gave an address today sounding like a president is supposed to do in his Thanksgiving address. We'll show you what he said. In Georgia, four Republican state senators are calling for a special session of the General Assembly to address voting concerns before the January runoff. Now, nah, they're actually trying to steal the election before. Comedian Dave Chappelle uh, has told his following, don't watch the Dave Chappelle show on HBO Max. And he also got Netflix removed from their platform 
We'll talk about why that is important. And the U.S. reached its highest daily COVID-19 death toll since May. We'll give you the latest news about the anticipated vaccine and warnings to not let your guard down. In San Francisco, a police officer who fatally shot an unarmed black man has been charged with on-duty homicide and a wrongful death suit has been filed for a California man who died while in police custody. Plus, Chef Jannard is here with tips on how to make a delicious but smaller Thanksgiving dinner. And my man, Will Downing, will join us to talk about his newest CD. Y'all, it is time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Trump has announced he is granting a full pardon to former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. You know, the lying asshole who lied twice to the FBI. Trump tweeted, congratulations to General Flynn and his wonderful family. I know you will now have a truly fantastic Thanksgiving. And remember, this is the guy who lied twice to the FBI during its investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 presidential campaign. This is the first of many pardons Trump's expected to issue before leaving office to many of his uh, lackeys. Now, we also know what's going on here. This is the guy, of course, who also was a paid agent of Turkey uh, getting money Mm, but didn't declare himself to be an actual lobbyist. Michael Flynn is a liar. Uh, and, of course, uh, Trump put pressure uh, on his uh, Department of Justice to even drop their case against uh, Michael uh, Flynn. Now, now, now you got to remember, y'all, here's the thing that folks don't want to admit to. When you get a pardon, it actually means you are agreeing that what you did was a crime. Yeah. I don't think they really want to understand that. Eric Savage, Eric, Erica Savage Wilson, host of Savage Politics Podcast, Reese Colbert, Black Women Views, A. Scott Bolden, former chair of National Bar Association Political Action Committee. Scott, I'll start with you. This lying asshole, uh, Michael Flynn, that's what he's been. He's been lying. Lied to the FBI twice. The DOJ, of course, uh, moved to drop the case. Trump, Trump put pressure on them. Bill Barr interceded. Of course, it's the black judge who was sitting here giving them hell. I said, no, 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 no. Y'all got to explain to me how all this came down. Uh, and so this is a liar protecting a liar. Uh, that's all this is all about, pure and simple. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Judge Sullivan is a Howard Law graduate, proudly, if you will. But this is interesting because he pardoned him. You know, Sullivan never accepted the uh, dismissal. It went to the Court of Appeals, went in bonk, and they sent it back down, saying it wasn't ripe for review yet. And so it's going to be interesting. What does Sullivan do now? Because well, Scott, what can he do? What can he do? Well, I'm about to I'm about to try to sort through it with you, and that is he could reject the uh, government's motion to uh, dismiss the case, accept his plea, make a finding that there was this was corruptible uh, efforts on DOJ's part to um, obstruct justice, if you will, and that he took his plea three times, so he could reject that. 
and find him guilty, if you will. Now, because he's been pardoned, that doesn't that doesn't uh, get him any jail time, but at least he's got the conviction on his record, and it'll show where he was pardoned. Wait, 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 but hold up, hold up. So, hold up. So, the pardon from Trump doesn't stop all legal proceedings? No, it's a result, in my, well, in my opinion, it's a result that he can't go to jail and that he's been absolved of any wrongdoing, but he's got a plea that's pending in federal district court. As a practical matter, the federal court could certainly just walk away from it, if you will, but Sullivan doesn't seem to be too willing to walk away from it. It would be a procedural issue, in my opinion, but, you know, the pardon makes it impractical more than anything. This is, uh, first of all, Erica, we, we all expected this. Again, Donald Trump is going to be throwing around pardons left and right. He gave one to that thug, that racist thug, Roger Stone. Uh, he has had people commit crime after crime after crime. Uh, he talked about draining the swamp. No, no, no. He added to the swamp. Uh, he ran his entire administration for the last four years like a mafia enterprise. That's what we're dealing with right here. And so it's no surprise the liar-in-chief would pardon an admitted liar in Michael Flynn. No, absolutely. And remember that how can two uh, walk together lest they agree? Um, when we think about uh, this uh, White House occupant who has, as a senior advisor, uh, Jared Kushner, who still has not been able to get a security clearance, but able to access classified documents um, that did attempt to set up a back channel for, um, from a hostile uh, government, uh, that is Russia. And when we also think about who Donald Trump is, Donald Trump was, in fact, impeached by the House, acquitted by the Senate. And when we think about those two charges that he was, uh, um, those two charges, it was abuse of power. It was abuse of power, and it was obstruction of Congress. And so when we kind of focus on that word obstruction, this has been an obstruction uh, obstructionist. This has been a grifter. He's an emoluments president. He will forever have an asterisk by his name as the 45th president of the United States. And I think that for many years we have been primed for just this type of activity so that he would make this announcement while we have millions of Americans that, Americans that are suffering from food insecurity, lines wrapped around uh, highways uh, from people in your home state of Texas and all across these United States. And we have 260,000 Americans that have died that will not be able to celebrate via Zoom or through a, a close family gathering uh, because of his non-acknowledgement of COVID and inaction when we also still think about that this is a person who is actively pursuing the courts around a lost election instead of demanding that the Senate, in fact, pass uh, relief that uh, was passed by the House of Heroes Act for uh, millions of Americans that are in dire need of it. This is par for the course, um, and we could not get rid of him any sooner than January 20th. You know, what? look, the, the thing here is, um, the thing here, uh, Reese. Uh, when, when you look at this whole deal and how the, how these idiots act, uh, they are all about protecting the lies. This is about Obama. What did Obama tell Donald Trump? Do not make Michael Flynn your national security advisor. Okay? They already had the goods on him before Trump came in. But Trump had no problem because he wanted a thug around him. He wanted a liar around him. He wanted a yes man around him. And, and Michael Flynn has disgraced 
his uniform. Well, I mean, what this is also about is that Trump is getting his ducks in a row with his co-conspirators. Michael Flynn is a co-conspirator in the Russia interference with our election. He's a co-conspirator in terms of his alliance to uh, Turkey over the United States. And so this is all Trump has done this plenty of times before. And, you know, it's a shame that he's made people like Alice Johnson, who are deserving of clemency and a pardon, these, the kind of the face of his pardon and his grace and mercy. But in reality, he's just been, you know, um, pardoning his co-conspirators. But what I do want to go back to is this does remind me of the pardon of Sheriff Arpaio. Remember that racist scumbag? Well, he mm. was pardoned by Trump before he was technically sentenced, but the judge in that case refused to vacate his conviction. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I second what Scott said earlier, this will still be a mark against him if Judge Sullivan chooses to go for it, which I believe that he probably will because he does not play like some of these other people do. So it's right. still going to be a mark on him. It's still going to be a mark on the Trump administration, Trump's poor judgment, Trump being surrounded by criminals and corrupt people, including himself. And I think that this is probably just the first and opening salvo of many pardons to come. And in which he's going to try to perhaps pardon his children uh, or, you know, even, maybe even pardon himself. I don't know, but it's just it's just par for the course for the corruption. It's it's absolutely right to call it out. And it's just another way that he's going to go down in disgrace, not just Flynn Trump himself. If he does that, those would be cases of first impression. And, and those would go to the Supreme Court. Um, that'd be amazing if he... You, you, do you pre-pardon someone? Well, I haven't been charged yet. But if I'm charged once I leave office, I'm going to pardon myself and my children. That's, yeah, that's, I, I, I'm still I'm still not understanding the folks who actually the legal people who say that a president can pardon himself. Well, it's never been done before. The Constitution and that power uh, doesn't contemplate him pardoning himself. It's very broad language that he has the power to pardon those who are. Who, who have committed crimes, convicted of crimes, or any wrongful acts, generally. Now, that being said, no one contemplated that he would pardon himself like he's the king, right? And that would be significantly challenged, but it'd be a case of first impression, as crazy as it sounds. It sounds like it'd be a huge conflict of interest, and somebody other than the president ought to pardon him. Remember, Nixon was pardoned by Ford. Nixon never tried to pardon himself before he, he resigned and got on the plane. Trust me, that deal was cut as part of him him resigning. But here, Donald Trump is a whole nother show showtime. Who knows what he's going to try to do? Easy. We know what's going to happen next. First of all, Paul Manafort, you know he's about to get a pardon. All oh, yeah. of these people, uh, I think yeah. he's going to get one. What's, what's the Rick dude uh, who was Manafort's partner? Now, now Trump probably won't give him one because he testified against Paul Manafort. Right. But 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 all, but all of these people who lied for Trump, they, they're all going to get pardoned. He's going to be tossing these things around like candy. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some people that were referred to the DOJ for prosecution because of their lies to the um, Senate Intelligence Committee. I believe it was Jared Kushner and one other person that stays on mind at the time. And so there are some cases that, you know, I'm sure William Barr will, will say, hey, hey, hint, hint, 
These are things that will land in the next uh, in the Biden Harris administration with their AG. And so uh, Donald Trump is not out of legal jeopardy because he would have been indicted, but for um, the fact that you know Mueller interpreted that he cannot be indicted as a sitting president. So there is still a lot of legal jeopardy that we absolutely already know of at the federal level. It won't help him out at the state level. But as Scott said, we don't know what he'll try because he has completely busted all norms and busted uh, outside of what we expect a president to conduct but, himself. At. It is still. It is still. But, but, but there's one other thing, real quick, Roland. Remember the state investigation are still going on in New York with the AG as well as the uh, DA's office in Manhattan, right? Those pardons, I don't believe, would cover any state actions if he was convicted mm -mm. or charged or uh, indicted in New York for those bad acts. So this will be really interesting kind of a legal journey for, for the experts and the scholars. Uh, but again, one of the things that we have to, have to recognize here is that uh, when you talk about those those state cases, you're absolutely right. Federal pardons do not cover uh, that at all. Uh, and so if you're Michael Flynn and you actually committed some crimes in Virginia, right, right. in New York State, mm, they can still be coming after you. Uh, so again, I, I really think we should be looking at Looking at uh, these uh, uh, these 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 new things coming down, but but look, you're just dealing with somebody. Again, he's a thug. Donald Trump is a thug. He's a liar. Okay, that's what he is. Hashtag we tried to tell you. All y'all folks who now come to that conclusion, black people tried to tell you, but y'all didn't want to listen. Y'all want to keep sitting here, focus on your tax cuts, uh, focus on all the rest of the stuff. But he's a liar. That's who he is. We know that's what he is. And so uh, I'm gonna call it like I see it. And that. And if you supported this man, you supported a liar, you supported a thug. And trust me, I really do hope Joe Biden doesn't play this whole, oh, you know, kumbaya, let's get all along. No. If crimes were committed by any cabinet members, they should be prosecuted. You know why? Because right. y'all supposed to be Mr. Supposed right. to be law and order, the law and order party. All right, let's have some law and order. And Erica, that to me uh, has to be the case. And I don't want again all this stuff. No, let's all let's all move ahead. No, these people do not care about that. We saw this thug, what he said mm -hmm. and did, firing Jim Comey. Uh, I'm telling you right now, be prepared. He is going to fight. The FBI director has a 10-year tenure. Erica, just watch. He, I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to fire the FBI director his last day. Donald Trump is that petty. He is going to... I predict he's going to fire the FBI director. He's going to fire the head of the CIA. He's going to fire a bunch of people just to sit here and screw everything up. <laughs> oh, and I don't think that Christopher Ray would be shocked either. And I've really resigned from now um, calling him petty. He's really criminal. These are criminal mm -hmm. acts that we're seeing by a criminal president that occupied 1600 Black Lives Matter Plaza. Um, when we also think about, um, as he continues to go about his pardoning parade, about all of the different people, all of the trust factors, the relationships that have to be built up um, back up within this country, when we think about how political appointments are going to be um, really, really necessary. Good political appointments will be necessary in order to restore some semblance of truth and hope and justice in this country. There is a large job at task for um, Vice President-elect and Madam Vice President-elect um, as well. Um, but the kumbaya has already started, um, and I can definitely get that from a person who 
um, has ran a, a message that he loves his country and to build back better. But I would say to caution on the air of those people who are now in the rehab part of their entire platform and do, in fact, make sure that there's special attention and pay a pay to and make sure that those people are positioned, the people that have been continually arguing, going against the grain, so to speak, of um, those individuals who really did build up this party, this infrastructure to allow someone like Donald Trump to rise and really do um, repay those people who have been loyal, who have really built what we have been able to see was really the largest uh, voting in uh, modern history with 156 million people participating in this vote amid a public health crisis. And so I really hope that beyond all of the kumbaya that you will really see the reward of those people who have worked in earnest to ensure um, that uh, some semblance of democracy was saved. Uh, again, uh, these people going out uh, don't... Look, look I, I wouldn't be surprised if Donald Trump hands a pardon to Jared, Ivanka, both of his sons. I mean, he's going to try to cover everybody. Because, again, that pardon... that so And, and so I, I'm still trying to understand this, this guy. Just be clear. So you can give a pardon for unnamed stuff? It, 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 it would be... The, the language is very broad. I don't think you can legally because you're not a subject or a target or you haven't been charged yet. But I, there's no telling what he would try to do in some warped interpretation that he's got that he could protect himself. But moreover, watch this. This is what we do know, right? Roland, have you ever thought that there's tons of other things they've done in the dark of night that we don't know? Hell yeah! Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. After the transition oh, yeah. of power? Or, or what they didn't burn right now. I have this vision of Jared and them all in a room, and they're just dumping documents and burning them mm -hmm. in the trash, getting ready for part of the transition. I mean, this stuff is yeah. serious. What we do know, we know is criminal conduct on their behavior, especially if Obama did half of what they did. He'd be not only charged, indicted, but in jail. Thank goodness he didn't. But think about what we don't know, you know? And yeah. it could be as bad as your wildest imagination because of who you're dealing with. These aren't just thugs. This is a mafioso family. It's like a political mafioso mob boss who's run the country into the ground, much like he's run all of his businesses into the ground. We told him it was mm -hmm. coming, and, we, and he kept every promise we told America. And I think this is, this is why we can't just get focused on the criminal aspects. That's what we did, or what, what, what the country did, by thinking that Mueller was going to come in on, on his white horse to the rescue, and his focus was strictly on criminal activity. We need to make sure that we are looking at things that may not even be criminal by letter of the law, but are corrupt or that were, uh, you know, disastrous for our country. And so that's where Congress is going to have to step in. And I hope to see that the House uh, Democrats will do that, and actually try to explain to the American people all of what the, the the Trump administration has done. I think a select committee would be excellent, an excellent excellent way of doing that. But I think if we only focus on trying to make sure that people go to jail, which they should, by the way, for crimes that they commit, yeah. they were going to but miss a lot of the activities. And we're going to miss a lot of opportunities to plug these holes that have been exploited by the fact that most of this, oh, most of the ways that we've done things have been because of norms and customs and not because they are required to by law. So that's what we need to make sure it doesn't happen again in the four years, eight years, or whenever the Republicans are back in charge.
So, Reese, what do we do about the the enablers, right? See, when there's smoke, there's fire. So you have bad actors, but then you have the enablers, right? The co-conspirators, right? That right. are either unnamed or named, right? As the fallout comes after the transition and after January 20th, what do we do with those co-conspirators, those enablers who have either helped them commit a criminal conduct or done political um, crimes, if you will, or political um, uh, bad acts, if you will, that still need to be held accountable. See, this kumbaya thing and let's save the country and COVID, I get that part, but we got to chew gum and walk at the same time. And these bad, these political bad deeds, these criminal bad acts cannot be forgotten. Somebody's got to pay the cost for the last four years. Jack they, they asses. Jack they asses. Jack them. <laughs> Jack them. And Roland, Jack every single one of them. Pimp slap all of them. Erica, go ahead. We're gonna find a I would suggest Roland. You watch. Just Roland that they have something akin to what the Lincoln Project did. That is something that because. Um, there is the ability to walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. But even more so, one thing that we have been saying on this show for several years is that what the Democrats do poorly is messaging. And we're talking about right. messaging in terms of keeping in the frontal lobe for people to understand this is what they have done. This is what they have done. When you think about those people who were confirmed by the Senate, disastrous for um, um, th their political positions. When you think about a Betsy DeVos, uh, a billionaire, disastrous, had no business being um, the department, um, being the secretary for the Department of Education, excuse me. When you think about um, Antonin Scalia's son, Eugene Scalia, um, that worked against the Department of Labor, but was mm -hmm. appointed to oversee that particular department. When you think about the Department of Interior, when you think about all of these different apolitical positions, when you think about a Dr. Ben Carson, who has disgraced um, HUD, when you think about all of these different mm -hmm. people that have done more harm, and some of them irreparable harms, you need a messaging apparatus that lets people know, because as the tide continues to return, as the tide continues to turn, we have this class one, class two, class three of Senate seats. So as those people then attempt to, who were Trump appointees, who were Trump lackeys, who were sycophants, who um, uh, were obsequious to this particular president, to as they try to make runs for Senate or they try to make runs for the House, mm -hmm. whatever it is that they're trying to angle and position themselves to do, have people remember who these people are, the damage that they did, that they were treasonous against their country, that they were more concerned about the possibility of being an oligarch, that they were more concerned about enriching themselves, that they walked over 250, um, maybe nearly 400,000 bodies in order to mm. do the bidding of this criminal president. That is what is needed now. Mm-hmm. Get me the some children. powder. Include those 666 children that who, who who they took, put in yes. cages, and cannot mm. find their parents. Think That's about right, that. Guys. If you got kids, yes. and I got three, let me tell you something. Four, actually. Can you imagine as a husband or, a, or as a father or, or mother from whatever country not being able to speak English? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Your child is taken from you as a matter of policy to stop others from coming from this country, and then you cannot be reunited. You're sent back. America has these children and has no way of contacting the parents. The parents, because they were fleeing, they went back to a war-torn country or violent country with high unemployment. 
How, there's no way to find them per se. It's almost impossible. And so we're in this business of creating orphanages, if you will, or destroying family units in the name of American policy and anti-immigration. That is criminal. There is nothing more criminal they've done than those 666 kids that were subject of this uh, onerous and, and, and uh, criminal anti-immigration policy implemented by the GOP Senate and the White House. Let's not forget the enabler. What do those 666 do? Where do they go? What becomes of the 66 who are stuck here in America? What happens to their life? Where do you go? Where do you put them? How do you make them whole? How do you make them a human being or an American citizen? And how do they thrive going forward, going having gone through what 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 this government, this White House put those families through and those individuals that we've got to take care of? Bottom that line is up. Has to be all right, folks, speaking of that, 260,000 people died from coronavirus in the United States. Uh, it's reported, folks, uh, more than 12.6 million cases of COVID. Uh, again, federal government officials say the first 6.4 million doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine could be distributed as early as December, within 24 hours of approval from the FDA. Experts are warning that good vaccine news doesn't mean we should let our guard down over the holidays. Several states are enacting new restrictions that go into effect today in an effort to prevent social gatherings over the holidays. Uh, today, President-elect Joe Biden gave a speech, his Thanksgiving speech to the nation, and one of the issues that he talked about was COVID-19. My fellow Americans, Thanksgiving is a special time in America, a time to reflect on what the year has brought, to think about what lies ahead. You know, our first national day of Thanksgiving, authorized by the Continental Congress, took place on December 18, 1777. It was celebrated by General George Washington and his troops at Gulf Mills on the way to Valley Forge. And it took place under extremely harsh conditions and deprivation, lacking food, clothing, shelter. They're preparing to ride out a long, hard winter. And today, you can find a plaque in Gulf Mills marking that moment. Here's what the plaque reads. It says, this Thanksgiving, in spite of the suffering, showed the reverence and character that was forging the soul of a nation. Forging the soul of a nation. Faith, courage, sacrifice service to country, service to each other, and gratitude even in the face of suffering have long been part of what Thanksgiving means in America. You know, looking back over our history, you see that it's been in the most difficult circumstances that the soul of our nation has been forged. And now we find ourselves again facing a long, hard winter. We fought a nearly year-long battle with a virus that has devastated this nation. It's brought us pain and loss and frustration. And it's cost so many lives. 260,000 Americans and counting. It's divided us, angered us, set us against one another. I know the country has grown weary of the fight. We need to remember we're at war with a virus, 
not with one another, not with each other. This is the moment where we need to steal our spines, redouble our efforts, and recommit ourselves to the fight. Let's remember, we're all in this together. Sounds trite to say, but we're all in this together. For so many of us, it's hard to hear this fight isn't over. And we still have months of this battle ahead of us. For those who've lost a loved one, I know that this time of year can be especially difficult. Believe me, I know. I remember that first Thanksgiving, the empty chair, the silence, takes your breath away. It's really hard to care. It's hard to give thanks. It's hard to even think of looking forward. And it's so hard to hope. I understand. I'll be thinking and praying for each and every one of you at this Thanksgiving. Bottom line here, a lot of people, uh, are, you know, are just simply, you know, foregoing, getting together with their family, smart move uh, this holiday. Uh, and uh, it's difficult, it's painful. Uh, but recently, the, these anti-mask people, to me, are just stuck on stupid. I mean, and, and, and then people are not caring. I mean, looking at sports where uh, they moved uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers football game uh, due to COVID. We've had a lot of college football games being canceled. Last week, you saw D Dabo Sweeney, the head coach of Clemson, got pissed off because they canceled the game at Florida State. And the Florida State head coach said, I'm sorry, we aren't doctors. You know, and these people d want to put other people's lives on the line just to play sports or just to hang out, and it's just crazy. Yeah, I, I, th I think it is crazy. But I, one thing I do um, get a little frustrated with is that I think that there should be a little bit more transparency and um, consistency in the messaging that's scientific and data-based, because I think what's, what's happening is some of the, um, the the rhetoric, which is, you know, it's accurate scientifically, what it what it kind of communicates to people is, well, we're all going to get it no matter what, or it's damn near impossible to prevent yourself from getting it. And so I think that that is kind of driving some of the apathy that we see. I'm not excusing it, but what I'm saying is I think that if people, if we had one consistent message in this country, like that's what a strong CDC would do, or a strong scientific community that's 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 blessed by the federal government instead of undermined by people like Trump who's, who who undermine the usage of masks and social distancing and things like that, then I think that people will perhaps take it more seriously. So I think that people should be accountable for their belligerence and for, in some cases their ignorance. But I do think that we need to have a better and more, um, you know, just just transparent conversation about measures, about mask wearing. First, they said didn't wear, don't wear masks, and they say wear a mask because it'll protect other people, and then they said wear a mask because it'll protect you as well as other people. And so, I think that there's just been so much um, changing, and it's to be expected given that this is a novel coronavirus. But we have to kind of come to some sort of consensus and messaging that really allows people to understand that this is avoidable. The, the carnage that we're seeing, the massive infections that we're seeing are avoidable if we take these measures that will actually prevent it. But I think that, uh, I mean, look, the reality is, as I, as I look at this whole deal, uh, is that uh, when I think back to, to the mask, first of all, stuff began to change. Frankly, they had no right. idea, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how major this was, how it impacted. Uh, to me, it's fluid. You expect things to be fluid. You, you, you go along with, with those things, uh, Erica. Uh, but... Uh, but also, I remember early on, 
they did not want to be a, a run on N95 mask. And so it was sort of like, okay, you know what? You know, we're, we're, uh, we're fine with no mask. But they also were factoring this based upon previous uh, viruses uh, that, that, that came our way, SARS and others, where, and I remember, look, when SARS happened, I don't remember them telling us a uh, bird flu. I don't remember them telling us to wear masks as well. So I think all of that changed. And the, and, and the problem is uh, there are people who simply aren't comfortable with the changing uh, dynamic. And at the end of the day, Erica, you had an idiot who's on top of this whole deal who never gave a damn about it. So th that, to me, is the greatest contribution to all of this because he downplayed it, he didn't care, he blew it off, and so all those MAGA nuts, you know, they went right along with them. I mean, these people are so stupid. If Donald Trump, remember, remember when he talked about inje injecting with bleach? That was a bunch of phone calls <laughs> by these idiots that were made, should I do this? Because Donald said... <laughs> fire light inside the body and it comes out of the body. I mean, that's what happens when you have an irresponsible person leading the whole deal. Oh, absolutely, Roland. And that people die as a consequence of that. And then we also have to remember that there were people a part of uh, this uh, Senate who received an intel briefing um, that were charges were later dropped around insider trader um, highlight Kelly Loeffler uh, and Bill Burr mm -hmm. of North Carolina. So we have to remember that there were people that, um, that were in the Senate that were also privy to this information as well and used it for their gain. When we also think about, and to Reese's point, having a cohesive, comprehensive message, I think any day of the week we can turn on different news programming and hear a barrage of information and having to sift through that and make something very clear, something very coherent, something very much so where people can take it and they can apply it. When you have a person who's not interested, um, who's more interested in a re-election campaign than actually leading and actually being and showing leadership, that there is still is no national testing strategy, that you then had 50 uh, executives and then folks that uh, managed their territories that were providing messaging to the people within their states that mm -hmm. that is a recipe for disaster as well. And so I'm here in my home state of Georgia, and you have the former Secretary of State who was as late as April telling people that they didn't have to mask up and that mask mandate only lasted, the lockdown period, excuse me, only lasted uh, for about 27 days, and people were able to go about their lives freely. And what I've seen being home is that you have folks that are freely walking into establishments without masks and those establishments aren't necessarily saying that in order to enter into this place of business, you have to wear a damn mask. So that is where we have really, in the now 10 months, that we have all been moving through coronavirus, not having competent, cohesive decision-making and guidance has really made every governor a president of their own state with conflicting information. So um, to Reese's point, to, for people to maybe get three specific points, wear a mask. These are the types of masks that you need to uh, wear and refrain from gatherings of this many people um, would really kind of put us in the direction where there's not a whole bunch of information that people are having to hold, but they have three specific directives that will help guide us through as we um, get to the place of vaccine and finding out what that looks like.
Uh, and what you're frankly dealing with, Scott, here, again, this is an abdication of leadership, pure and simple. Mm -hmm. uh, and all the, the and the disinformation, hell, the biggest, the biggest person, culprit, was this fool Trump. Well, he was, was, he's a super spreader, too. He held mm -hmm. events at the White House. <laughs> None of them wore masks. They all got COVID. <laughs> How idiotic is that? And you're the leader of the free world. And you still got 72,000, 72 million people to vote for you, or 74 million people to vote for you. It, it, it just makes no sense. But it started with this inconsistent message, not believing in science. Mm -hmm. And now it's mm -hmm. gotten morphed into these various branches of why people won't wear masks. They've got fatigue, right? Or it's just like the flu. I'm going to get it anyway, and if I don't, great. And if I get it, I can beat it because I'm young. Well, I don't have pre-existing conditions. And so people who receive the message, whether it's about saving your life or saving another person's life by protecting them, by wearing a mask, you know, intelligence just tells you to do it, but we showed on intelligence on a massive scale. And then you got the negative <laughs> messaging by the president, and now you got the, you got a, uh, 35 plus states are on the rise with COVID, it's real. Thousands mm -hmm. have been killed. Uh, millions have gotten it. And so, you know, we just are where we are. And you got to control the virus before you can rebuild the economy. You can try to do it at the same time, but you got to get control on it. And right now, it's out of control, completely out of control. I don't even listen to the numbers anymore because I know they're going up. Um, indeed, they are indeed going up. Got to go to the commercial break. We come back, folks. Georgia, Senate race. Republicans, uh, y'all really trying to steal this right now? Really? And you don't think we're paying attention? Yeah. That's coming up next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Too often, we will look at others and make a judgment on what they should, shouldn't do. I think we all have to operate based on our convictions, right? And that conviction, especially when it comes to being politically active, is going to take a different shape in each individual relative to who they are, their platform, their background, so on and so forth. But I agree with you that we all, especially in this moment that we're living in, should feel compelled, no matter what our sphere of influence is, is to do something to help make this thing different. We told them the smear ads were coming, and that's exactly what happened. You would think that Kelly Leffler might have something good to say about herself if she really wants to represent Georgia. Instead, she's trying to scare people by taking things I've said out of context from over 25 years of being a pastor. But I think Georgians will see her ads for what they are. Don't you? I'm Raphael Warnock, and we approve this message. I'm John Ossoff, and too many are struggling to afford prescriptions. One change in the law would make a huge difference. See, Medicare is America's biggest buyer of prescriptions, but the drug companies bought off Congress, and they made it illegal for Medicare to negotiate lower prices. It's straight-up corruption. Fighting corruption is my job. I approve this message because I'm not taking donations from corporate PACs, and I won't let the drug companies rip us off anymore. But they better begin to recognize that you cannot overcome the forces of Trumpism by imitating Trumpism in language or in behavior or in vision. You cannot 
do eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth with Trump and expect you're going to get rid of him. The forces of wickedness that Trump produced are now on the rise in Europe as well as in the United States. Mm -hmm. So we should not be surprised if Trump is maybe only the first president of this caliber, of this kind of meanness, of this kind of power, hungriness. Mm. It could happen. And I do not see national political voices who recognize the simple fact. Trump can only be defeated by a vision and a movement that does not act like Trump, but acts like people who know that they are alive and that love and truth are the ways that we best exemplify our humanity and the gift of love. Folks, in Georgia, four Republican state senators are calling for a special session of the General Assembly to address voting concerns before the January runoff, even though top Georgia leaders have already rejected the idea. Brandon Beach of Alpharetta, Greg Dolezal of Cumming, Burt Jones of Jackson, and William Lagon of Brunswick want the special session to address evidence of voter fraud. But Governor Brian Kemp, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, and House Speaker David Ralston have already rejected calls for a special session, which cost taxpayers forty to $50,000 a day. The Secretary of State have also said that if you have it, it's going to result in lawsuits that aren't going to be resolved until after the primary. Of course, you have two races, and that is you have incumbent Senator David Perdue facing uh, John Ossoff, a Democratic challenger, and then you have, of course, uh, Kelly Leffler, Senator Kelly Leffler, facing Pastor Raphael Warnock. We showed you that commercial, uh, Pastor Warnock, uh, him with the dog and the poop and dropping to the trash can. Uh, Reese, you were like, um, I'm like, nice, cute, but not sure you really want to go hard. Uh, let's watch. This is one of the ads that one of the Democratic interest groups, uh, they put out. Watch this. Kelly Leffler did not grow up in Georgia. She did not attend high school or college in Georgia. Nope. Kelly Leffler moved to Georgia to marry her wealthy husband, who bought the New York Stock Exchange. And Kelly Leffler used that wealth to buy her Senate seat, a seat she was never elected to. Kelly Leffler was sent to Washington to help millionaires and billionaires get richer, like she did. And she has watched without care or concern as Georgia has gotten sicker and poorer. It's time to tell Kelly Leffler Georgia is not for sale. Midas Touch is responsible for the content of this advertising. And this one. One senator in particular irks me. A Senator Kelly Loeffler. Not elected, but appointed just a couple months ago. Records show Leffler and her husband, whose company owns the U.S. Stock Exchange, sold stock valued between $1.3 and $3.1 million. Kelly Leffler bought and sold stock shortly after a classified briefing on the virus. They knew the market was going to tank, and they sold based on that inside information. Some of the holdings she shed were in energy, automotive, retail, and airlines. Look, Marie, it's not just what she sold, but it's actually what she bought. She bought things like Amazon, Citrix Systems, company that obviously 
obviously was going to do well during a shutdown. While still reassuring citizens that the U.S. was prepared. We have Americans across the country who have seen their 401ks plummet. Were you trading on inside information about what was coming? Folks, this woman is knee-deep in the swamp, and she just got there. And here's one targeting David Perdue. To defend his record to Georgia voters, he's rarely even made a public appearance since October when Democrat John Ossoff embarrassed him in a debate. John Ossoff has agreed to six different debates leading up to the January 5th runoff election. Purdue is chickening out of all six debates. And the Atlanta Press Club is even warning that Ossoff will debate an empty podium if Purdue doesn't show up. What's David Purdue so afraid of? Is he trying to avoid being asked about wanting to take away your health care in the middle of a pandemic? Does he not want to talk about his suspicious stock trades after a classified Senate briefing about COVID? Or is he too chicken to defend being against a new stimulus check for your family? If David Perdue is too much of a coward to face Georgia voters, he's too much of a coward to be your senator. Vote him out on January 5th. And I shall play one more. Instead of respecting the will of Georgia voters, sore losers, Senators David Perdue and Kelly Leffler, are delegitimizing the votes of millions of Georgians. Neither Perdue nor Leffler managed to win a majority of votes on November 3rd. But instead of trying to convince voters to support them in the January runoff, Perdue and Leffler are suggesting that your votes were fraudulent. They're now even demanding their own Republican Secretary of State resign for making sure your ballot was counted. Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger went above and beyond to make sure all Georgians' voices were heard amid record-breaking turnout and even conducted a recount by hand in every county. A coalition of top elections officials across the country called the 2020 election the most secure in American history. But that's not all. Now they've enlisted South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, who is meddling in Georgia's elections too, harassing the Georgia Secretary of State about the process. I am all over this. I am not backing off. Purdue and Leffler aren't just sore losers. They're enemies of democracy trying to subvert the will of the voters. Don't let them silence your voice. Vote them out on January 5th. So, Rusia, those are more, more your speed? Listen, you know, I'm a brass knuckles kind of girl, not, not so much a dove like uh, Democrats tend to be. I'm not saying that uh, Reverend Raphael Voronek or John Ossoff should put out ads like the, the Midas Touch. However, I do think that there needs to be a little bit more of a referendum on these incumbents, because be clear, that's what they are. They are incumbents, and it's very hard to unseat an incumbent. And so part of doing that is messaging how ineffective they are. And in the case of Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, they're terrible, not just as people, but in the fact that they have gotten rich off of COVID using insider information. And so that's, that's a strong message. But what I would like to see more so from, um, from Reverend Warnock is a stronger economic message and a stronger healthcare message. I think John Ossoff's ad was a little soft, but I did appreciate at least there was something in there about um, that, that substantive, which is about Medicare and prescription drugs. I don't think that it's going to mobilize people that uh, Reverend Warnock is a nice guy or John Ossoff is a nice guy. We just saw one of the worst people ever in the history get the second most votes in the history, which is Donald Trump. He improved his margin I and mean, he improved his 
raw vote total by seven, by 10 million votes. And so I don't I think this notion that Democrats have is that you know, you win elections by being the nicer person, by being the more likable person is just ridiculous. People want to hear mm -hmm. what difference is it going to make if John Ossoff versus David Perdue mm -hmm. is in office or Kelly Loeffler versus Reverend Warner. We have a strong way of actually signaling that with the fact that Mitch McConnell at this point will continue to be the majority leader and obstruct things like COVID stimulus. I shared a video today of, of a TikTok of an old man, and he said, where is my stimulus check? Okay, and so that is the kind of stuff that the Democrats should be hammering home. If you want a stimulus check, vote out these two people and put us in, and we'll make sure it gets done. We're going to protect your health care and things of that nature. But, I, I mean, I, I don't begrudge it. A lot of people like the dog ad. You know, that's fine. But we need to turn out lower propensity voters. Special elections have a drop off in voters. And so I don't think that's going to resonate with that particular group of lower propensity voters. Uh, but but you also have this issue here, Scott. Uh, go to my iPad, please. The New York Times reported today, stock trades by Senator David Perdue said they have prompted Justice Department inquiry. Uh, he said, this is what he said. He said that he was not involved in any of his stock trades. Uh, the problem with that, Scott, is this story shows that he was. And so mm -hmm. now so now you're dealing with this here, and it even showed that what he did was uh, that there was one group that he sold the stock, made money. He then, um, um, uh, like, for instance, investigators found this one company, uh, Cartlytics, chief executive at the time, Scott Grimes, sent Purdue a personal email two days before the senator's stock sale that made a vague mention of, quote, upcoming changes. Uh, but what he did was so he sold the stock, stock tanked, buys more stock, stock jumps, not making more money. Uh, this, this is insider trading. And the Trump well, Department of Justice has protected Purdue and Leffler. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. The, you know, um, uh, the, these, these stock trades. Um, uh, if you're not in control of your stock portfolio, then you're in a blind trust. They don't have a blind trust. That means you're in control of it. You can't be bought and sold without your signature or without your your verbal opinion. That that borders on the nonsensical. Uh, in, in Georgia, the Democrats, and I agree with Reese, the Democrats, I don't know if they've got to get mad or angry, but they need the Lincoln Project people to produce their ads because uh, this race is still about COVID, it's about the economy, and it's about them taking your health care. And so they need to run an ad about COVID, health care, and the economy, and what these two senators have done or blocked while you've suffered or your family members have suffered from COVID. You don't have a stimulus check. You're out of work. You can't socialize. You can't even be with your family and blame them for that because of either their bad acts or their inaction or whatever else they've done. They've made money off COVID while your family members are dying, while you don't have a stimulus check, while you're out of work, and while you can't spend time with your extended family for Thanksgiving. Those are the ads they need to be running. And in, in the end, you know, listen, in Warnock's race, race is going to be a factor. Can't do a whole lot about that. But you got to give them a reason to vote for you versus them, right? Ossoff, same thing. You got to give them a reason. Because while they've never voted for Loeffler, they certainly voted for Purdue before. He's a good old boy. 
but you've got to give the voters a reason to come out, a reason to vote for you and not the other guy. And COVID, healthcare, and the economy are three great reasons to vote Democrat in Georgia and not vote Republican so that we can have some control of the Senate. That's uh, the bottom line proposition, uh, and it never stops being that. Uh, I'll, right. I'll say this here, Erica. Um, to me, I think at this point, uh, and I've seen one story uh, from Ad Age, some $272 million is going to be spent between now and January 5th. Mm -hmm. I don't think those ads mean a damn thing. This, mm -hmm. the runoff yeah. is yeah. about yeah. one thing, turnout. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah. can you yeah. turn your people out? Put the graphic mm -hmm. up, please. Uh, we showed the yeah. graphic of the yeah. votes in the uh, Warnock uh, uh, Lefa race. If y'all could put that graphic back up, I appreciate it. Um, that's what it boils down to. It boils down to, uh, if, you, if you look at that particular uh, graphic, and once we pull it up, I think, uh, and it shows how many votes Warnock got. Bottom line is, your job is to try to bring 75% of the people. Uh, okay, fine, you guys roll the video that you guys roll. Roll the, roll the video and the graphic in the video. Um, the bottom line is here. Um, that's what it shows. You want to get at least 75% of the people who came out the first time, um, uh, Erica, and that's what you want to do. You want to get you want to you want to get them out. Uh, that's what it's going to take to win this runoff election. Already, seven hundred and fifty thousand people have requested an absentee ballot. We know from polling exit polling data, but only about 30, 35 percent of Black people uh, did that, which meant that Black folks are showing up at the polls. I think, according to uh, the graphic guys, if y'all can find it, I think Warnock got around one point four million votes. Um, uh, the first time around, I, it's going to take a million votes to win this election. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to also um, understand that we're contending with a holiday season as well. So we have a plethora of college students from HBCUs, Albany State University, Morehouse College, Clark Atlanta, the, the entire AUC Center, uh, Morris Brown. You have a plethora of college students that are returning home for the holidays. So uh, reinforcing to those students that whatever their permanent mailing address is, that they also, on that sample ballot, in the third section of that sample ballot form, to make sure that they complete where their temporary housing location will be so that they can actually participate in the vote that will go December 14th for early voting and then January the 5th, the actual election day. Um, that is what's going to matter because we understand that a lot of people do not watch television ads, right? They subscribe to streaming services, particularly those that don't allow for commercials. They have got to continue to be engaged in that. I was in my hometown of Albany, Georgia, just on uh, last weekend, participating in two voter engagement events. And around those voter engagement events were also different groups uh, all across the city that were uh, passing out Thanksgiving meals because there is high food insecurity mm -hmm. in rural areas. Mm -hmm. And the number of people mm -hmm. yep. that I came across and talked to that had not registered to vote, that did not know that there was a Senate runoff election, people that mm -hmm. actually got registered on site is going to take on-the-ground movements like we've seen with uh, Black Voters Batter, that station in Albany, Georgia, the uh, Southwest Georgia product. Uh, project. There's so many groups that are on the ground that have committed to being uh, on the ground and remaining on the ground coming off of this general election. And then people who are within, uh, within the community to re-engage 
uh, those voters who participated in the last election and new voters that did not participate in the last election because perhaps they didn't think that they were eligible to vote, is going to take that kind of movement. So while the ads um, and, and the money around that does uh, attract uh, a certain uh, type of class of individuals, the folks that are going to make the difference have to be engaged on the ground. So you have groups and people that are committed to doing that work every weekend, even during a holiday, after a holiday weekend. And that, Roland, is where we're going to see the difference in the vote, giving people very simple messages. Listen, if you're going to be, because we know campuses are closing down, where are you going to be spending your holiday? Make sure that you put in that address so you can receive your mail-in ballot. Did you participate in the vote last time? Okay, you did it. How um, are, are you registered to vote? Let's check now. All right, well, if you completed an uh, absentee ballot the last time, that doesn't roll over to this election. You have to request another secure ballot and making sure people understand what those dates are, where they can go to early vote, and if they, uh, demand, and if they want to vote on election day, understanding where those areas are as well. That is what's going to make the difference here it's, in Georgia. It's all turnout, Scott. It's turnout, mm -hmm. turnout, turnout, yeah. turnout, turnout. And you have to be driving that. And again, I get, look, forget, you're not persuading anybody. Nope. No one is being persuaded nope. at all. Folks' minds are made up. This right now, and in fact, I was looking at, um, uh, I was looking at, and when you talk about what you have to do, for instance, OSOF has some work to do with black people. Uh, mm -hmm. I was, um, Eric Erickson, uh, who was a Republican, um, he actually tweeted something out earlier uh, that I uh, found to be very interesting. And uh, one of the things that he said was that, I believe he said this here, uh, that um, 100,000 people in the Atlanta area uh, voted for Biden but skipped the Ossoff race. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, let me see, this is what... Uh, uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I'm going to blow this up here. Give me one second. Um, this is what... Um, this is what... It says, interesting review of data on Georgia. In North Metro Atlanta, white voters voted Biden and Purdue. In South Georgia, black voters voted Biden and skipped the Purdue Ossoff race altogether. That's why Ossoff got 100,000 votes less than Biden and why he's got runoff trouble. Uh, so for Ossoff, he's got some work to do with black people uh, to vote. I think he's going to benefit in this runoff by, frankly, running as a tandem uh, with right. Warnock uh, because fo black voters now will be saying, oh, we got to win both of these in order to control the United States Senate. And as long as Warnoff is on the team, he brings Ossoff with him. Because I'll be honest with you, when people don't vote down ballot, uh, and there have been statistical studies on this, when they don't vote down ballot, they either don't care about that race or they don't know or recognize the name of people in those races. So they just don't vote. They get they go past them. Ossoff has a problem with name recognition with black folks. Warnock ought to help that but it, it, it's not a guarantee. If I were Ossoff, I wouldn't be sleeping. I wouldn't get any sleep. I'd be trying to build on my name recognition 
and touching mm -hmm. out to well, many well, black Democratic voters there are. Well, this is gear they're actually selling right now. Go to my iPad. Uh, this is on Raphael Warnock's website. Warnock dropped the lower third there. You'll see it. Warnock and Ossoff. Vote right. Warnock, Ossoff. I mean, so, so look, on the shirt and on the bag. Uh, and so uh, they, un they understand. Look, they are tired of the hip. Democrats have, must win both of these seats in order to force a 50-50 tie in the United States Senate. And then, right. of course, Vice President Kamala Harris but, would break that tie. But, Roland, let me ask you this. Does Ossoff help Warnock with white Southern voters in Georgia? Does he pull his weight for Warnock? No, I don't or, think so. Or Warnock I just bringing him along. With no, Warnock? no, no. I, I think, I think, I think when you, I think when you look at this race here, first of all, uh, Ossoff uh, is seen as uh, as a as, as a you know white urban liberal. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm not going to use liberal elite because bottom line is you got conservative elites. But the bottom line is, I mm -hmm. think what, I think what you're dealing with here is I think what you're dealing with here is you're dealing with um, in terms of who he appeals to. First of all. Uh, I, 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 I will re reject the notion, though, about um, about um, uh, Ossoff and name recognition, because the reality is he really has more name he really has more name recognition than Warnock, because he ran he ran, he ran for, Congress, for Congress, raised raised a ton of money uh, in doing so. But what? But I think what you're seeing here, I think, and look, we just have to own up to it. Warnock can't run. As uh, he, he has to run these puppy ads, mm -hmm. because let's just be clear: you right. got Leffler over here and the Republicans. Oh my God, the black man aligned with Jeremiah Wright. He hates <laughs> Israel, and so part of this also goes into the calculus of how you have to run as a black candidate. But how does his faith? Why come his faith? doesn't get him across the finish line with white Southern voters. Because he black. And that's not enough. <laughs> Erica, you from Georgia. Tell Scott. Obviously, Let Scott been living something. in D.C. too long. Yeah, <laughs> this is my home state. And when you mentioned those four state He's senators, just God, thinking about the majority of, of it, it doesn't matter. When you look at those four state uh, senators that Roland uh, had on the screen a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. uh, um, when you think about Cummings, Cummings is a really nice um, kind of rehab name for Forsyth County, which is the bedrock mm -hmm. of the Klan. When you think about Alpharetta, Georgia, Georgia where you have 60, um, almost 65% of white people that live there that don't live in Atlanta City proper because Atlanta City proper is too quote unquote urban. When you think about um, the other state senator that resides in Jackson, Georgia, and you've got 53% uh, of white voters, very much so who are on the Trump train and drink the Trump Kool-Aid. And Brunswick is only the kind of the asterisk. You have almost 60% of black people. And those folks, that's uh, where uh, Ahmaud, Osir, um, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey uh, was lynched uh, early in February. So when you think about the state Senate representation in Georgia Capitol, it definitely reflects much of the Trump coalition, very much so ingrained. Um, when you think about, uh, like, an urban center, that is in Atlanta. Alpharetta County, Alpharetta is in Fulton County, but it is not Atlanta City proper. Mm -hmm. So when yeah. you kind of spread out from beyond that, you have a very hostile, a very much so uh, population of people that, though we're living in 2020, still very much so subscribe to the Jim Crow school of thought. And so mm -hmm. that's why you're seeing yeah. that there requires a lot more digging um, and um, as Reese talked about, 
those voters who are going to be critical are going to be those young, college, and uh, the low propensity voters. Those are going to be the key to really flip the Senate here in Georgia. And let's be real clear here, Reese. Yeah, Reese, pro- let's, let's be real clear. Pro- hold, Scott, hold on. Reese, let's be real clear. Republicans are, are so pissed off that Biden won. Uh, they're running around saying, oh, it's fraudulent. Don't trust. Don't even vote. No. I'm perfectly fine if that's the message they're giving for January. I actually have seen some people saying boycott the Senate race, you know, because Loeffler and Purdue um, did not adequately support Trump. So, I mean, one could only hope that there would be some uh, voter suppression (laughs) or voter depression happening on the Republican side. But we know that, realistically speaking, Republicans are just higher propensity voters anyway than Democratic voters. And so I certainly wouldn't uh, rest on my laurels when it comes to that. I think that turnout is really going to be driven by mm-hmm. by convincing people that it makes a difference to have this slate of candidates in office versus that slate of candidates. It's just really that simple. And I'm not saying simple as in that that's easy to do to get that messaging across, but that's really what the focus has to be in turning people out. That's why I think it's brilliant that, you know, Erica mentioned it earlier, and then I saw also Latasha Brown of Black Voters Matter mentioned that they were doing food drives and voter Mm -hmm. registration Mm -hmm. drives. These are Mm -hmm. tangible things that people can latch onto and say, okay, I have Mm -hmm. a stake in what the outcome is. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a lack of civics understanding in this country. A lot of people might feel like, well, we got Trump out, so we're done with what we have to do. (laughs) We have to complete the work and make sure that Mitch McConnell does not hold the speaker, I mean, the the House, I mean, sorry, Senate majority leader position. If he does, we can forget any kind of progress happening in Congress, period, period. And so those are the kinds of things that we have to really drill home. And it it counts that that message is delivered to people so that when they are making these voter contacts, they can deliver that message. They need to deliver more to voters than these guys are nicer than those guys, period. Uh, look, folks, the runoff is December... First of all, the deadline for the runoff to register to vote is December 7th. Then, of course, then, of course, uh, the runoff is January 15th, uh, and then early voting in person starts on December 14th. As I said, 750,000 people have already requested absentee ballots. Uh, this is about turnout, turnout, turnout. Whoever y'all know in Georgia... Tell them, get on that phone, text them, call them, FaceTime them, hit them on Signal, WhatsApp, send a damn pigeon, I don't care. Uh, Tell them uh, they've got to be uh, involved uh, in this. You want to see them voting. Uh, I mean, you tell folk, uh, look, no excuses, no excuses. Everybody got to be in the game uh, because uh, that is uh, what matters. And so we want to see that happen uh, all across the country. Got to go to a break. We come back. Come back. Talk. Dave Chappelle is saying do not watch The Chappelle Show on Comedy Central or on HBO Max. Why? We'll break it down next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. To me, local politics always seemed to, in my mind, match up with what I was seeing nationally. If you didn't find a way to know somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, then you couldn't get anything done. And that's really what to be political is. That's what you're doing. You're building relationships. And, you know, African Americans have had to, you know, face up to the fact that in order to get anything done in this world, we have to work with the system that's there. 1982. A 12-year-old is accused of stealing and dragged out a store, told he looked suspicious, 
because his hands are in his pockets. I'm Raphael Warnock, and that boy was me. Back then, I didn't understand how much the system works against those without power and money, that the rules were different for some of us. Too often, that's still true today, especially in Washington. I approve this message because it's time for that to change. If your vote didn't matter, you wouldn't have so many people trying so hard to stop you from voting. There is some value there. But even when you talk about that people are not paying attention to your issues, I can't pay attention to your issues if I don't even know you there. And the only reason people are going to know you there is when you show up to the polls and vote. That's when that power manifests itself. But as long as you stay at home, as long as you're making excuses, then guess what? You will always experience these issues that we're experiencing today. And another thing, don't get caught up in the candidates, right? There's, there's, there's no such thing as a perfect candidate, but you should be going to vote for the most important person, and that is you and the one you love. You talk about you, you're, you'll fight for the one you love. You're willing to die for the one you love. You need to ask yourself, are you willing to vote for the one you love? Because if you don't, there's going to be somebody's neck on yours pretty soon. I'm John Ossoff, and the path to recovery is clear. First, we listen to medical experts to control this virus. Then we shore up our economy with stronger support for small businesses and tax relief for working families. And it's time for a historic infrastructure plan to get people back to work and invest in our future. We need leaders who bring us together to get this done. And that's why I approve this message. Folks, we want to uh, hear from, uh, of course, Raphael Warnock when he was uh, speaking there uh, in Atlanta. Uh, when we actually interviewed him there, uh, and, uh, and I'm purposely playing this because, again, uh, there are people out there who are in Georgia, it's still part of the country, who will get caught up in. I don't know about voting. I don't know if we should really get involved in this thing. But the bottom line is, you need to understand why every vote does indeed matter. So listen to this. All right, folks, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get the audio straight on that one. Uh, the thing here is this here. Again, it matters. When we talk about this election, when we talk about what we're dealing with here, when we talk about uh, there being uh, a 50-50 split, Reese made the point about agenda. Use 400 bills, 400 bills were passed in Congress, in the House, Mitch McConnell wouldn't even bring up. I'm telling y'all right now, that's going to happen over the next four years. It's going to happen. It's guaranteed to happen over the next four years. Watch it happen because Mitch McConnell relishes nothing getting done. He wants to control everything. Folks, we got to make sure Warnock and Ossoff win. All right, let's talk about winning and losing. Dave Chappelle dropped an 18-minute video called Unforgiven on his Instagram page the other day. And it was quite interesting uh, because he talked about uh, him working on the Dave Chappelle show and what he wanted people to do because he's not being, based upon the contract, not been getting paid for the restreams of his show. This is what he said he wants you to do. 
for this show. I called my agent. I said, is there anything I can do about this show? And he said, no. Well, fuck you too then. If you want something done right, I guess you got to do it yourself. So I'm not going to the agents. I'm coming to my real boss. I'm coming to you. I'm begging you. If you ever liked me, if you ever think there was anything worthwhile about me, I'm begging you. Please don't watch that show. I'm not asking to boycott any network. Boycott me. Boycott Chappelle's show. Do not watch it unless they pay me. And there's a whole bunch of new young people there, and they're probably looking like, what is he talking about? They may not actually know what the fuck happened to me. So I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Go downstairs to your accounting department, open the books, see what that show made, and look at what you paid me. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to pay me. I am inviting you to come with me and work with me and let's fight against that terrible, terrible feeling that you made me feel together. We can fight together and work this thing with Chappelle show out. Or, or I can just take it. Thank you. First of all, what I think is great about this is this is David Chappelle using his power and leverage with Netflix to make it perfectly clear. Uh, like he said, if do this to make me feel better. If you're in Netflix, you're in the Dave Chappelle business. You're making tons of money because you're getting folks streaming his comedy special. So you're like, fine, we don't give a damn about the Chappelle show. Or that's somebody else's show. But what he's also really speaking to here is what rate record artists talk about. That is when you sign bad deals, when they take advantage of young people, especially African-American, when they sign these uh, uh, difficult and bad contracts where you're young and you're broke and you're like, I don't really know. And so what happens is uh, you do it. Chappelle talked about in the special not being able to use his own likeness to do another show because they control that as well. It's all those different things that people don't necessarily think about going into it. And so uh, what's been happening, a, a lot of different artists, what they've been doing, they've, they've been posting um, uh, uh, graphics out there saying uh, boycott Chappelle's show. Uh, and, there, and there are other people who don't quite understand this, who say, well, you know, I don't understand what y'all doing because he got paid. Now, what he's saying is, is you're, you're continuing to make money off of me. And I'm not benefiting in any of that. So Dave Chappelle is saying, all right, y'all got to pay me. And he's and what, he, what he's trying to do is he's trying to force, he's trying to force, um, he's trying to force them to say, you know what, treat me fairly now. This is the, one, of the, one of the graphics that D.O. Hughley posted, and a bunch of other comedians are posting this as well, uh, saying do not watch The Chappelle Show. Uh, this, Reese, is quite interesting. And Chappelle says a lot of other people would be scared to do this. I'm using my power because I'm not scared. Right. And I mean, even when Chappelle show, I remember I was a huge Chappelle show fan. There was no Netflix streaming services back in the day. We'd all camp in front of the TV and watch it on Comedy Central. And so I'm sure when he signed that deal, he couldn't have imagined 
the kind of landscape that we're looking at right now with this with this I, streaming services. And it's just completely unfair. And I'm glad that he's drawing attention to it because I don't think that people but people understand that when they're watching these shows that they're not in fact supporting these artists who absolutely deserve to be compensated. And I understand that some people will say, they'll be unsympathetic and say, well, Dave Chappelle, didn't you get $40 million from Netflix to do your two specials or, you know, you're rich or whatever the situation may be. But the bottom line is it's about fairness and it's about uh, valuing black artists. It's about valuing artists of, of all races, but specifically black artists get uniquely screwed over, it seems. And it's a small sacrifice to make. And it's certainly not asking a lot if you are a Dave Chappelle fan to just abstain from watching his stuff on these particular platforms. And I do hope that it will open the door. And it's certainly eye-opening to me because, you know, we're all celebrating these black shows that are coming to Netflix and streaming services. But it's not much to celebrate if these people are not being compensated. That's just flat out unfair. We don't need white people getting richer well, and richer and richer off of black folks anymore in this country, yeah, but, especially not in this so-called racial reckoning that we're supposed to be under. And Scott, here's the deal. Dave Chappelle's mm -hmm. under no obligation to promote the show, and what he can say is, fine, don't watch it over there. What he's doing is he is trying to drive down the value of the show to be able to get out uh, and get more money. I got no problem with what Chappelle is doing. Do you want my legal answer or my fan answer? I don't give a damn what answer you give. <laughs> get the one you want to okay. give. Well, listen up, okay? What I like about Dave Chappelle doing this is that he is not saying that he was taken advantage of. What he's really saying is... Actually, he I did. No, actually, he did. Did you see the full 18-minute video? Yeah, well, I did, but but he's saying that now because it's after the fact, right? But what's effective about what he's saying is, is I can't do anything about the deal I signed. I can't do anything about whether I had a great agent, a bad agent, and I signed a mm -hmm. bad deal, right? But if they won't renegotiate with me, then they shouldn't be making any money without me participating in the distribution rights. And, and that's very different and very brave than what you normally would get when black artists or musicians or athletes say they're taking advantage of me, it was jacked up, and they, 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 they beat me out of my money. That's not what Chappelle is saying. Ah, uh, that's and, actually, that is what he's saying. What he's actually... Yeah, he may be saying it, but the way he's saying it is... What, what you mean he, he may be saying... Scott, 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 deal. Scott. Did you watch the full 18-minute video? I did. But he I said it in the video. He, he says that, but what he really... And, and just listen to me. What he really means Oh, stop, is, stop, stop. How can you say he says it, but what he really means? I heard what he said, so I know what he means. But, yeah, but he's not suing him, and he... No, 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 no. What he, what he is... He what, he is what, what he is saying is no different than what Tony Braxton said when she signed the contract with LaFace. It's no different than what many other artists have said, and that is, he says this monster, this industry, takes advantage of young people who don't know, young people who don't have money. When he signed that deal with Comedy Central, yes, he was. He had an agent. Oh my God! Did you not? But okay, it doesn't matter. If you have an agent. It still is a question of how do you take advantage of somebody. I understand exactly. He's mad at the game that's paid him. Millions of dollars because he's talented, or is he mad at Comedy Central? No, what he's saying, what he's saying is, and Erica, that this is the key. His whole point is, hey, it really wasn't a great deal.
And so you know what? And, and, and what he's saying, and, and, what, and, what, and what he's doing, what, what he's doing, Erica, he is saying, if by, by telling the people don't watch, he's driving down the value of the property, which, so which means that if you're Comedy Central, and you start, and if, first of all, you're HBO Max, you're like, what the hell? We done paid for licensing rights for this damn thing, and now uh, is the viewership gonna drop? So he said, look, he's under no obligation to promote it. He can speak against it. And if you and he's saying if you're Comedy Central, y'all might want to come to me and throw some more money my way so I can back off. Otherwise, I'm going to keep driving that product down. Absolutely. And he's using an incredible medium to do that. It is through social media. That is the way that disinformation has been spread widely and infected the brains of 72 to 74 million Americans. And when we see that what it can be done to also help set a precedence for other artists that are up and coming, artists who may have um, maybe some, um, maybe not quite sure how to speak out and how to uh, leverage their platform in order to bring um, awareness around uh, the unfair treatment uh, of their talent, how they've given their talent to the world and received pennies on the dollars for it, as Reese um, so eloquently pointed out, have that's really been the history of many black artists while, you know, white folks have sat with their feet on the table and collected the residuals. So I think that this is uh, really a blueprint that he is offering, and folks that would be wise that are in the entertainment industry to take note. Uh, and look, I think what he's also doing right here, Reese, is what? Prince did when Prince talked mm -hmm. about uh, own your masters. When Prince was like, you know what, mm -hmm. screw the record companies, I'm gonna do distribution deals versus the record deals. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. And because Dave Chappelle has been able to make a ton of money, upwards of a hundred million dollars from his Netflix deals, what he's saying is, I now got the money and the leverage and the power to do this, so I can. Yeah. <laughs> You have to step into your power when you have it. You know, he's 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 negotiating from a position of strength, not so much from a contractual standpoint, as Scott pointed out, but he's he's he has a position of strength because people like the Chappelle show because of Dave Chappelle, right? And so it, it you know, most people if they're aware of his objections would 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 think it's a very small sacrifice to make. And so I, I think that, you know. Artists are are really, really smart to protest and do things like that and raise awareness. And what it does, too, is it also drives more goodwill towards what they're trying to do in the future. I think a lot of people take for granted how much or, in some cases, how little these folks that, that are, you know, that entertain us and that we love are their content get paid. That's why you, you know, you you have your, your um, Bring the Funk fan club and you emphasize it every show why it's important to support it. And so most of us that are really true fans of these folks, we want to support what they do. And this gives us an opportunity to do that through that. It doesn't involve any effort at all. And so I applaud them. And, you know, another example will be Taylor Swift, who's been going through this massive battle with her masters. She lost it, but um, she's going to re-record all her original content. And I'm sure that she'll be able to successfully steer her fans to the re-recorded versions versus the original stuff. And so this is just a tried and true thing that happens in the industry. It's unfortunate. And we see now that the industry and, and the entertainment landscape is changing where you have independent people like Kev on stage, for instance, who does great work with his comedy things, or you have people that the Instagram and the social media influencers who, who make big bucks on there. But even still, 
all of this stuff is coming through YouTube or social media and platforms that are owned by white people who are taking a big chunk of it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we still have a ways to go, but good on Dave Chappelle for standing up for himself because at a basic level, he has a right well, to do that much. Well, well, he's got the power because he's Dave Chappelle. Up-and-coming right. artists don't have that power or that base. And I'm trying to figure out how you would fix that in the industry. As he says, that monster because you want exposure. I need airtime. I'm a talent. And the industry, whatever industry it is, usually doesn't want to pay top dollar for an up-and-coming artist. That's the, where the rubber meets the road. That's what you got to fix in that monster. But our entertainment has changed. People aren't getting most of their entertainment from Comedy Central. And the, 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 the Instagram comedians are bigger than, than exactly. Comedy Central people. What, what, so, well, well but, but I... But I, but I but he, but that's the alternative. Well, but no, but, he, but here's, what, here's what I think he's doing. I think what he's doing is also educating a new generation of folks, just like yeah. Prince did, just like Ray Charles did, just like Harry Belafonte, just like Sam Cooke, just like James Brown, others did. Mm-hmm. And that is when you do have that leverage and then you also learn the game, the phrase game, recognize game, then you're able mm-hmm. to impart that wisdom to impact others as well. All right, Don't folks. Don't forget the rappers, too, by the way. Well, I just, the rappers were selling their pieces well, out of the back of their cars. I just so named five musical artists. It's the same damn thing, Scott. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I didn't hear you say that. Did your ass not hear me say <laughs> Prince, Ray Charles, James Brown, Sam Cooke, Hey, but it's all damn music. It's the same thing. But they talking their music. What? That's why y'all. That's why we should just mute the mute the mute the damn uh, mic of any kappa. All right, y'all. Actor Faison Love filed a lawsuit against Universal, accusing the company of race discrimination. And the company cut him out of a poster for the 2009 film Couples Retreat. He and his co-star Kaylee Hawk play the only non-white couple in the film. The lawsuit accuses Universal of fraud, breach of contract, and violation of California's Fair Employment Act and civil rights law. Universal claimed it would discontinue the use of the poster. However, according to the lawsuit, the image is still being used to market the film abroad and among bilingual audiences in the United States. Love says he's filed the lawsuit on behalf of all black actors who have been mistreated in the industry. He added, quote, they have not only hurt me financially, they have hurt me in a deeper way by dismissing me because of my blackness. And they have hurt all black performers by continuing to to, to perpetuate racism in the movie industry. Folks, let's go to Chula Vista, California, where the family of 56-year-old Oro Nunez, is being, uh, who died after being detained by officers, is now firing, filing a wrongful death lawsuit. The lawsuit claims the officer's use of force directly led to the 56-year-old's death. Nunez was a Jamaican immigrant who owned a small trucking business. On March 13th, he was visiting his daughter when she claimed she, he threatened to kill himself. His daughter then called 911 for medical assistance. Officers arrived on the scene and tried to place Nunez in handcuffs, but he was uncooperative. That's when officers placed him in a rap restraining device. At some point, Nunes was said to be unresponsive while in an ambulance. He was then pronounced dead when he arrived to the hospital. The complaint brought by the family says this lawsuit concerns out- the outrageous, careless, and unlawful use of deadly force by city officers, as well as their malicious effort to dis- distort the true facts of their own misconduct. In addition, this case raises questions concerning the proper use of the RAP, the latest in a line of law enforcement weaponry that directly led to Mr. Nunes' death. Despite the family's concerns, the Chula Vista police chief believes her officers responded appropriately. Mm, no shock at all. 
All right, y'all. Tomorrow's Thanksgiving, and a lot of you who live in large households are cooking today in preparation for tomorrow's Thanksgiving celebration. But let's also be clear, a lot of y'all are not going home because of COVID, which means a bunch of y'all asses who don't know how to cook are stuck out. Now, we know following Reese, her family, they have these Zooms where they always comparing food so she can cook. Erica, can you cook? I can, and I choose not to. In fairness, my husband does the cooking, so I can't even take credit. Okay, well, at least you... Okay, so, all right, so Reese don't cook. Uh, <laughs> er, Erica can't cook. Oh, I can cook. I choose not to. I mean, I, I that is not something that is top of... Erica, you can cook. It's a lot oh. of labor. Absolutely. I have a 21-year-old son. That don't, mean, that don't mean you can cook. Uh, yes, it does. They just told you she can cook. That don't mean you... It's a whole bunch of folk with kids who can't cook. Scott, I ain't got to ask your ass. We know you don't cook. Brother, I can burn it up. I choose not to. Scott, you lying. My wife, Erica, is an outstanding cook. Now, step up. Yeah, right. Erica. Erica cooks. All right, so some of y'all need some help. Let's talk with uh, Chef Gennard Wells. He has some perfectly put portion holiday-inspired recipes that could help. He joins us right now. All right, Chef, uh, I, I got so-called cooks here. I don't believe not nail one of them. Not nail one. Uh, Erica gonna have to post some videos or something for her to get me to believe she cooked. Talking about I can cook, but I choose not to. Yeah, all right. So, Chef, what you got for people who are struggling tomorrow? They won't be home. They can't rely on their mama, their daddy, uh, the grandmama, their aunts. What you got? You, you know, that's one of the biggest things that's going on right now during this pandemic is people are looking for convenient ways. And whether or not if you're savvy or not in the kitchen, there's still hope for you. One of the things is I always like to tell people who are not experienced in cooking but, but got to provide that Thanksgiving meal this year, Doctor up your instant ingredients. Like, take, for instance, mashed potatoes. Me, personally, I love dicing mashed potatoes and make them from scratch. But if you don't want to go that way, grab you a box of instant mashed potatoes. Instead of boiling them in water, boil them in chicken stock. Add you, after they're done, add you some sour cream. Add you some fresh garlic. If you don't want to chop the garlic up, you can already get garlic already minced up in jars, which works very well and add your little garlic powder to it, you have some amazing instant from scratch mashed potatoes cooked in a flash. Another thing, you don't want to fool with a turkey because you're used to whoever, whomever else is doing it. Most people are familiar with dealing with chicken. So instead of cooking chicken, grab you some Cornish hens. Cornish hens are very small, bite-sized, taste just like a chicken, cook just like a chicken, rub you some rosemary, sage, a little olive oil. You can even put a little brown sugar on it. 350 degrees where you need that oven at. Pop it in the oven. One hour, you got an amazing Cornish hen, just like eating a turkey for a fraction of the price. And if you don't have a big family, hey, that'll do the trick. Erica, are you taking notes? I don't need to, but thank you so much. I mean, I would love Leave to her alone. I would love I'm to hire. She can cook. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but I choose not to. Cooking, though, cooking is one of those things where it's, it's a zen moment. A lot of people shun away because we're used to seeing our mothers, our great-grandparents going to the kitchen and in the kitchen for hours, and we're waiting until 7 or 8 o'clock at night to eat Thanksgiving dinner, and, and we, we, we shunned away from the kitchen. Cooking doesn't have to be like that. Cooking is one of those zen moments. Take some perfect, some meals that you really love, 
Just spend some time, put some good music on, whether it's Luther Vanderoff. That's what I'm Harvey saying. No. <laughs> see, right, see, right, right here. See, the, the video I'm so right here. This was last year at my house with uh, me and my dad. We were prepping, we were prepping the gumbo. Uh, we were getting all of our stuff ready. Uh, we had the music going. We were jamming. Uh, now, uh, again, my family, they're gonna be they, they they're gonna be in Texas. Uh, I I cook gumbo, damn it. Uh, been cooking gumbo for years, and so that's what we gonna do. That's my rockhead cousin <laughs> Chloe. So that's what we gonna do. So you ain't gonna hear me say uh, I can cook, but I choose not to, like Erica. Uh, Amen. Amen. And, and, Amen. And, and, and then, like Amen. like Reese, I'm, I'm yeah. I cook. My wife ain't gotta come in the kitchen. I don't need you in here. Go on, take a yeah. seat. Take a I seat. I got this. <laughs> now, see, guys, I know Roland can't throw down. I'm still waiting to get that barbecue spaghetti recipe up off of it. <laughs> oh, barbecue uh, spaghetti. I call it, see, like, I've er, heard of that. Erica, y'all don't know about Me that either. Texas spaghetti. See, y'all see, see, don't know. Barbecue <laughs> Y'all don't know. Scott, you can't even cook, so you can't be a part of this conversation. <laughs> but, I, but I've tasted your mama's cooking before. And your mama can burn, too. I, I know my mama can burn. I know that. She can burn. How in the hell your ass telling me my mama can cook? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Janard, they, 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 Chef Janard, they ain't ready for that Texas spaghetti. They ain't ready for that. that, that that's what it is. That's what it is. I, you know, I know I've been thinking about it, and I've been hearing about the recipe a lot, and I, and I, and I think it's authentic, actually, from Texas. That's why I want you to prepare this dish for hey, me. Doc, uh, I, I and came I ask up you about it every time I see you. I came up with. <laughs> I can't look. I came oh up. God. Look, that like most meals, that meal was born out of being broke as hell in college. <laughs> that, oh, wow. That's how I created. Uh, Cause it was like I was. I had some noodles. And I ain't had no tomato sauce. I ain't had no hamburger meat. All I had was some barbecue sauce. <laughs> and, and, and you'll be amazed to think about it. Barbecue sauce comes from what? From tomatoes, so it balances out very well. Oh but this is another thing I want to touch bases on. I've been hearing a lot of people ask me about this over the Thanksgiving holiday. Stuffing versus dressing. I want to make it clear to everybody. Stuffing is not dressing. Cornbread dressing is one of those authentic things. You get in the kitchen and you bake you some nice, good buttermilk cornbread, get you mm. some get you some cream of mushroom, cream of chicken, chicken stock, mm. and you blend it together with the celery, your bell peppers, and onions and bake that good yeah. dressing. Stuffing mm. is that stuff that you cook on top of the stove, and if you making it on top of the stove, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> Amen. All right now. All right. So, so I, I just want—I I, I knew I had this out here, and so I just want to pull this up. Let me advance it right here, Henry. You can go to go to my app, iPad. I'm gonna pull it up here. I'm trying to get to it. Uh, we were sitting here with my family. I was trying. So we actually made uh, that that Texas spaghetti. I live streamed it. So you see that big old bad boy right there? Cause we had. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, we fired it. We, so if y'all want to see actually how I make what I call Texas spaghetti, just go to YouTube and type in Rolling Texas Spaghetti. It will come up. And I live streamed the whole deal, how I had them in the kitchen prepping, uh, cutting up uh, green onions, onions, bell pepper, uh, celery, putting all that stock in, all that's there. So y'all can see it right there, uh, how we had it all broken down. How big is that pot? It's a big ass <laughs> pot. <laughs> it looked like a oh burger from a restaurant. <laughs>
Ooh, I got nine nieces, three nephews, one brother, three sisters, spouses, and a mom and daddy. You better have enough damn food for 20 people. It's a cauldron. He had a cauldron. See, see right Wait. there. See right there. See, see, Chef Gennard, that's who you know when folk don't cook, when they go, what size pot is that? Exactly. <laughs> hey, this is the thing, oh, look. Just like my just like my chef, Roland comes from a house of of caterers and chefs. So that right? was, cooking was second nature for him. And that's what I understand. That's how I grew up. My parents were my my father was a chef, my mother was a patient uh -huh. chef. So those are the things around because that's to my knowledge, I think your brother owns a catering company. No, my, yeah, no, my, my grandmother, my grandmother had a catering business. Uh, we 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 took it over, uh, and my brother now uh, owns it, runs the catering business uh, in Houston, uh, Lamont's Catering. So absolutely. So uh, that's. Mm -hmm. but look, man, tomorrow I'm gonna have it rough tomorrow because again, uh, my nieces went back to Texas. Uh, it's just me and my wife. I gotta make a gumbo with a five quart ass pot. Do do you understand? <laughs> I can't recall. <laughs> The last time oh. I made a gumbo, I made gumbo with a five quart pot. Uh, Erica, <laughs> Scott, and Reese, y'all have no idea what the hell I'm talking about right now. Um, oh my but, god! But it's it, a five quart pot is a little bitty ass pot. Okay, <laughs> I have at the house. I've got a sixteen quart pot. I've got a twenty quart pot. I've got two forty quarts. Those are normally in use at this time of the year. So it's going to be a little different making that little bitty ass pot of gumbo tomorrow. <laughs> I know it. But you know, you know, Roland, it's all in the roux. That's the key. Regardless of what size your right. pot is, once you hook that roux up, you can't go wrong. You're right. Chef Gennard, man, we appreciate it. Tell folks how can, they, how can they follow you and reach you. Everybody, please follow me on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine, at Chef Denard, C-H-E-F-J-E-R-N-A-R-D. And check out my website, holtcuisine.store, H-A-U-T-E-C-U-I-S-N-E. And every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, check out my show, New Soul Kitchen on Clio TV, because I'm giving you everything that you're missing and more. All right, then. And I got somebody on YouTube called Ayurajan Yamaka. says... Tofu and collard greens. If you bring your ass in my house Ooh, with some tofu and collard greens, I, I hope your ass catch COVID. Uh, right there. You, if, you, if you bring some tofu and collard greens in the house, don't don't you even come. I remember I was doing a real men cook thing. Y'all, I got to go. Will Downer coming up next. We had the real men cook celebration, and I had my Texas spaghetti, and there was a brother next to me. He had some tofu. Let's just say I went home with an empty pot. His ass went home with a whole bunch of tofu. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting y'all know. Chef Janota, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. No way. All right, folks. Got to go to the break. We come back. My man Will Downing joins us next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. And because of us, we have strengthened the democracy. We're the real patriots. We have stood with our country. We have fought for our country. We've had people who have gone to war, who returned home with no housing, no jobs, but... Lynched in uniforms? Absolutely. But they stayed and they fought. And they protested. And the Civil Rights Movement taught us how to protest, how to stick with it, and whether it's the Civil Rights Movement or organized labor who protest today, often, 
Uh, they are rallying, they're marching, and they're fighting. And they're up against some of the biggest corporations in America about, you know, decent pay and decent benefits. It is because of protests that we have been able to make America better. We are the patriots who say we believe in this country and we believe that it can be about justice and equality for everybody. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, Erica Tombaugh. I can't cook, but I just choose not to. So what you gonna do tomorrow, Erica? What you gonna do tomorrow? What you gonna do tomorrow? I, I, I'm going to feast. So my sister has cooked a lovely meal. Everyone always knows, listen, I will buy whatever you need to buy. I will contribute whatever you need to contribute. I'm right there, right there. The moment your <laughs> ass start talking about I buy whatever, you can't cook. I can cook. I choose not to lay. <laughs> Erica, what's your Erica, what's your top three dishes? I knew you were gonna ask me for a signature. You so damn I right. Lovely, <laughs> I do a lovely braised lamb. Um, I do excellent spaghetti. Um, and then I also I do lovely salads. Get your ass out of here! Reese say some silly shit like, I do an excellent salad. That ain't cooking. That is preparing. Salad Erica. is not cooking. Erica, salad, well, it depends it on what kind of Thank you, Reese. He's relentless. I tried to say. I know, Scott. <laughs> no, no, listen, it's fine. I don't need to be saved. I do not need to prove anything. <laughs> right now. I you go. You go. That's right. Absolutely. Erica, I done turned my back to you talking about uh, I, I cook salad. First of all, you look, when we say cook, we talking about something that requires heat. <laughs> salad don't require no damn heat. No, hell no. No, no, hell no. Don't you tell nobody else. I, I should call Greg Carr right now. Tom Bot. <laughs> Let, let me let me just go ahead and go to Will Downing right now. Will Downing, let me go ask you. I wanna Is somebody making a damn salad? Is that cooking? You don't cook salad. <laughs> I, I've never seen anyone cook salad. Hello! Oh God. Now, now Will, you don't jump in it. Now you in it. But 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 here's the other deal though. Y'all, so I remember when I first interviewed Will, we were talking about, I was talking about, I was, I actually, uh, we had a gumbo at my house, and Will was like, oh, man, I would love some of that gumbo. But then Will ass got all bougie. <laughs> he started requesting special shit. Uh, do you put beef in it? Uh, is this in it? Is this, I said, this Negro got a vegan damn gumbo. I said, <laughs> man, I'm, I, mean, I thought I was going to say, I, I, I finally said, Will, you ain't going to have a gumbo because all that special, <laughs> no, but no, I don't, I don't eat beef and if it, if it got this in it, it got this. I said, your ass, just, just drink the root. <laughs> the best part. Hey, you know what? Hey, Roland, we'll put it on top of that salad. That 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 cooked salad. That right. <laughs> right. That cooked salad from Erica. Well, well Roland, did you disinvite him to the to the dinner table for gumbo? Or no. He said, I do some, nah, I, do some what? I, no, Will, Will was saying, hey, bring me. I said, Will, I, I said, look, I, I said, Will, I don't spend much time in that little, that little plate, that little plate. Look, we we got a real pot of gumbo. Then we got that little that little bit ass pot for them people like Will with them a special ass request. You know, turkey sausage, 
you know, they don't want, uh, you know, is it is it farm-raised chicken? You know, is it organic? You know, where, where the shrimp come from? I said, man, you, I said, Will, you got too many damn gumbo rules. I said, no, nah, Will. I said, I said, Will, just bring you a po' boy or something. Man, you come to the house. They ain't gonna... Hey, listen, just give, just give me the bread, all right? There you go, all right. Well, I don't know. Can we, can we put butter on it? Can it be garlic? Let me think. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm thinking about it. You know, can we put butter or margarine? You know, I'm just saying. All right. Will, tell us about your new project, man. I don't know if I can after all this, man. <laughs> <laughs> see, we, we laugh, and I got a serious song that'll make you boo-hoo, and we over here talking about frying salad. Yeah, that's that damn Erica <laughs> talking about she cooked salad. Girl, gone. Salad. Girl, gone. Stop. Uh, all right, here we go. The new song is entitled So Many Good Die Young, all right? And it is a song that was inspired by the unfortunate passing of Chad, Chadwick Boseman. Mm. You know, and so what we started doing, and I say we, me and another brother who wrote the song, a guy named uh, Randy Boland, we started looking at other young folks that made a difference in the world, but unfortunately passed away at a very, very young age. So we put this song together, and it's called So Many Good Die Young. And there's a video that's attached to it as well, so you'll get to see Kobe Bryant and his daughter. You'll get to see Whitney Houston, uh, Luther Vandross, Prince, Michael Jackson, uh, Gerald LeVert, Biggie Smalls, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, along with Tupac. So, you know, Aaliyah, all these folks passed away at a very young age but made an impact on the world that will obviously last, you know, forever, forever well, and always. And I think that's one of the points that is, is impact. I mean, it is, look, there's a whole bunch of folk who lived to be 70, 80 who didn't do nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's look, true. look, you talk to a preacher, a preacher will tell you the hard, I've had numerous preachers tell me the hardest funeral to preach is the eulogy for an irrelevant Negro. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm just, oh, look, I know that's rough for some people. They say, but, I, but, but they say, like, it's hard. I'm telling you, I've, no, I've heard many preachers say that, that it's, it's, it's hard when, when you stand up there and you try to eulogize somebody, and then you sort of like, but, but what did they do? What, what did they, there are people who literally come through, go through this earth, who leave no footprints or fingerprints. That's true. No, yeah, I mean, you're 100% correct, but these people have certainly changed the earth. They changed the way we think. They change the way we do things. Um, we also put uh, George Floyd in the video as well. Uh, so, you know, no one will ever look at the time, eight minutes and 46 seconds, ever the same way ever again in life. So, you know, these people have, have, have made a huge impact on all of us. Which I think is, is, is the point, is, you know, how do you take advantage uh, and maximize, uh, look, you got one life. Uh, you know, right. what do you do with it? Right. What do you do with right. it? What do you, uh, you know, what do you accomplish? There are people who think about, well, let's say tomorrow, or I can get to that two, three years. No, no, no. But, you know, it's, look, not, none of us know. None of us know uh, the day, you know, the hour, the minute, the second. Uh, and it, 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 you, you maximize every opportunity that you can. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you take a good look at this video and you listen to the song, that's what it's trying to get you to do. Make a difference. You know, uh, with the advent of one of the greatest inventions ever made, to me, the Internet, 
It is the greatest, one of the greatest inventions ever. It is also the work because what it's done is it's given us a news feed that uh, is, is always, you know, constant, constant. So when people pass away, we don't even have any empathy anymore. It's like you were here and now you're not. So, you know, you really got to make a difference in this world while you're here. You, you, don't, you die on the wrong day, <laughs> it's like you were never here. Well, and 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 that point there, man. We, um, you know, one of the things that we do uh, on this show, we do this. Uh, that is when, when we lose, um, when we lose one of our folks. Um, you know, we do our tribute shows. We did a three-hour tribute show, Chadwick Boseman. We did one just last night uh, to David Dinkins, who died on Monday at the age of ninety-three. Right. Uh, right. And, and the reality is, this year, so Dinkins was ninety-three, John Lewis was eighty. C, Reverend right. C.T. Vivian was 95. Reverend Joseph Lowry right. was 96. Uh, right. I mean, you look at those, uh, uh, Bill Withers uh, uh, passed yeah. away as well. But, but, but to your point, uh, it, it is obviously different for people when we lose someone uh, at a young age. Chad, with, uh, f uh, f uh, at his age, 43, uh, in the video right. there, you show Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson Whitney Houston. Uh, I was sitting here, somebody was on here, and somebody asked, how old uh, um, was uh, Otis Redding uh, when he died in that plane crash in Madison, plane Wisconsin? Crash, right? He was 26 yeah. years old. Uh, yeah. But again, Otis Redding dies at 26. Sam Cooke dies at 33. But we still listen to their music today. Absolutely. Marvin Gaye was died at what, 43, 44. So, you know, I mean, listen, all the songs that he's written and, and the other ones as well, I mean, we still sing about today, and unfortunate in some cases, uh, the songs are still very relevant, and it shouldn't be. It almost lets you know that things haven't changed in all of these years. So, you know, when 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 you become that kind of a person, uh, you are to inspire, or you should be inspired as a person by these people to kind of get off your ass and and do your thing, man, to society, and and you know. Let people know that you were really here, that you actually did something positive for yourself and for your community and for others. Many, many of us, uh, there, you know, there are people we, we go through life and things happen. Obviously, when we're later and we're older, and um, you know, when you got a huge scare, when all of a sudden your body just went haywire, right. Uh, right. and it impacted your living and your singing and everything. Um, what was, for you, what was that like coming out of that? Did it cause your drive to go even harder because of, of, because of what, 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 what happened to you? Because uh, you, were, you were incapacitated for how long? Yeah, I was down for about a year and a half, really. Uh, and it was something called polymyositis, which I had never heard of. And basically, I was doing everything wrong. I was that dude, you know, who was like chasing the dollar. I mean, I never stopped to take a vacation or anything like that. I had any me time. Uh, I basically was just kind of out there just working like you'd not believe. I remember my mother like telling me like, hey, you know, you're working pretty hard. And I'm like, hey, ma, I got this. I'm getting this paper. And then I got hit. You know, I mean, it hit me. And it basically made me rethink the whole meaning of life. And you know, when you're lying in a hospital bed or sitting in a wheelchair for that extended amount of time, you really start to take seriously what life is all about. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly, you know, tried to, as I say, negotiate, not negotiate. I tried to negotiate the best deal I could with the good Lord above 
I'm like, you give me a second shot, man. I'm going to be a whole different person. And that was my wake-up call. So, you know, I, I try to live each day as if, as if it's my last. And, you know, I'm trying to make an impact in, in the community and in the world. Um, the This is a new single, but is it tied to an album? Uh, the album is coming out in February, and it is called The Song Guard. So look forward, man. It's a, it's a seven-song, actually, EP, and it's a part one, and there'll be a part two in the latter part of uh, 2021. And just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm meant to send you a text, because I think your number still should... My, my number ain't changed. Uh, um, I ain't gonna give your number out on the air. Uh, but, um, um, so I forgot... It was, I was somewhere. So you did a gospel CD. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that a few years ago. No, 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 no. I know that. But 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 one of your guys gave it to me, like, in the last year or so. It was like, yo, bro, did Will, my, my, he, he promised his mama he was going to do a gospel CD. He want to make sure you get it. So I want to let you know. He did hand it to me. Okay, well, you know what? It's my fault. I should have given it to you personally. <laughs> Maybe what I'll do is I'll come by tomorrow bring you an autograph copy along with some fried salad. <laughs> bring your ass to my house with some fried salad. We're going to call the cops. We're going to call the cops. Uh, no, Will. Yeah, we're going to call. Yeah, Erica, he calling you out. He talking about you, Erica. Talking about That's cooking right. salad. Cooking That's salad. Right. All right, Will, look, I can't let you go. Uh, send us off with a little something, something. I don't care what it is. So what, 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 whatever hits you. Why do the good die young? Too many leave unsung. Gone in their pride, but there's no right time when we revere them. So many good die young. Don't eat fried salad tomorrow. <laughs> you will be living in sorrow. Get yourself some chicken <laughs> and some sweetie. It's Thanksgiving. Don't eat that fried salad. <laughs> Erica, you can't say Will Down ain't never saying to you. Will Downing. I love him. Will, I appreciate it, my brother. Hey, love you guys. Hey, fried salad. <laughs> my brother, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Love you, man. See love you. you, my brother. Take care. All right, y'all. Uh, look, we want y'all to support our Breed Funk fan club. Every dollar you get goes to support what we do, uh, the production of the show, our staff, our travel. We appreciate that. Uh, we had folks, uh, I'm going to give, give them a shout out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, I got some folks that actually sent me uh, checks and money orders, and I appreciate that. Uh, Avalyn uh, Jackson, Greg Wilkins, Bale Bose, Clyde Miller, Sinatra Robinson, Chandra Carradine and family, Arena Granger and family, Terry Washington, Yvette Plummer, Leon Carruthers Jr., Matthew Fitzgerald, Corinne Wilson, and Robert Jones. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, and, uh, and I want to thank, uh, hold on, let's see here, hold up. I want to give them a special shout out. Uh, uh, let's see. Korea Wilson said, the main thing I like about Roland Martin Unfiltered is that you don't just talk about an issue for a few minutes and move on. You give our issues the time and attention that they require and deserve. Your election night coverage was the best I ever watched. Thank you for keeping it black and unfiltered. And we certainly appreciate that. Uh, and then we had, of course, um, uh, and I got I to give a shout out 
uh, to Sandra Bar Barnhart Gray, Wilfred Gray. Uh, we're enclosing another check for you. This check is to assist you with your journey to Georgia. Butterflies are free. Help free the people in Georgia. Uh, we sent a previous check uh, in the amount of 200 bucks, but we wanted to do more. So I certainly appreciate uh, y'all that you do. Cash App is dollar sign REM Unfiltered. Uh, PayPal, paypal.me forward slash rmarkedunfiltered. Venmo.com forward slash rmunfiltered. Uh, also, um, New Vision Media Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, uh, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Uh, Christopher or Chelsea or Ashley, bring me one of those hats, please. Uh, again, you can send a money order to New Vision Media Inc. for folks to support that. If you're on YouTube, you can give right there, joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Same thing on Facebook as well. Uh, and we appreciate that. We are going to be going to Georgia, folks, uh, in December, focusing on the election there. And I told Reese, I told Reese, uh, and uh, I told Reese as well as Erica this last week. Uh, Scott, I guess I'll go ahead and see in your cap I ass something, even though you can't cook. Make sure uh, and so, whatever you send me. Say what? Make sure KSI size is embroidered on whatever you send me. Well, you I know. First of all, I know what I'm going to send. I know what I'm going to send you. Everything is small. Um, so, uh, and so uh, our panelists, uh, folks, uh, we appreciate all they do. And so uh, each one of our panelists is going to get, of course, baseball cap, a beanie, a zip-up, a hoodie, uh, a sweatshirt, a T-shirt as well. Uh, but, uh, again, all Sky stuff is going to be in uh, small. Uh, not medium, it's going to be in small. So what reason? My uh, my mother-in-law, Patsy Cobra, wanted me to tell you that she sent you uh, a donation for the fan club. So shout out to Patsy Cobra and my mom, Yvette Outlaw, because they didn't get shout outs on there. So I'm giving them a shout out. All right. Did they say $50? They did. They All did. right, hold up. You sure they ain't get a shout out? Where did they send it? Oh, it was a while back. It was a while back, so. I gave money. I didn't get a shout out. I got Oh, Scott. Oh, Scott, you got a shout out. You got cussed out. I got busted. Because you, you should have been 10 grand, but then you chicken out because you lied. All right, y'all. Y'all have an absolute great Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the time with the family. Uh, folks, uh, please protect yourself. Uh, wear your mask. Wear your goggles. Safe distance. Uh, if you got one of them crazy-ass cousins and you know where they been, don't let them in your house. Don't let them in your house. Don't let them in your house. Uh, and, to, and to Scott... Uh, tell Erica, uh, good job cooking tomorrow, because I know your ass ain't do nothing. All you're gonna do is just, all you're gonna do is put ice in the glasses. Uh, Reese, <laughs> we know your cousin, your husband's gonna cook, but you're gonna be right there supporting him with the cooking. Uh, and Erica, if your ass try to cook some salad, I hope every family member of yours cuss you out. Y'all, we gotta go. I'll see y'all on Monday. Uh, enjoy. Ho! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at FisherHomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.